Welcome back, everyone, to Wasteland Anime Pod. This is Dom, that's Nathaniel, and we are back bringing you our Ghibli-a-thon, our Studio Ghibli, um, mm. I guess it's, is it a retrospective? It has to be a retrospective, because uh, all these movies have come to pass already. It's a retrospective yeah. in the sense that, you I, know, does, they're back in the day. Right. I I think retrospective probably works, but I wonder, is there like any... It, like in the definition of what a retrospective is, does that inherently imply that you've seen it's them before? Your own work? Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. Retrospective. Cause yeah. For any new listeners out there, neither of us no. what does it okay, say? Okay, look. Looking back on or dealing with past events or situations. Hmm. We are looking That's, back. Yeah, we're looking back. Uh because, you know, all this shit happened back <clears throat> in the day. Uh that... I mean, that being what it is, we're going to be covering, uh, as we mentioned in our last episode, uh, Porco Rosso and uh, Only Yesterday. But mm. before we get to that, we also have to round up our uh, final thoughts on season one of Spy Family. Right. But even before we get to that, I want to talk to you about your new gaming console. Did you get it? All right. Uh, Your new Xbox? You didn't get it? Oh, fuck. No, I haven't because what I was talking about was um, at Xbox's recent um, Summer Game Showcase, they announced that they were partnering uh, on a project with uh, one of my uh, gaming industry heroes, Hideo Kojima. But so I said that at some point, inevitably, I would have to get an Xbox, but I don't know if it was on Wasteland Anime or Wasteland High, but I literally heard you say, I'm probably going to go get it tomorrow. Mm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So did, what the did fuck, I say? bro? <laughs> yeah. Um, OK, I definitely don't <laughs> remember using that ex- mm. as explicit well, language as that. But uh, I mean, we if, record the podcast. So true. I guess on, we could go back and look. But yeah. Uh, if I had to revise that statement slightly, uh, I would say that at some point I'm going to have to get one. And, mm. But there, there's nothing, there's no information about this game. There's no title. We didn't see anything. I thought it's it was coming out June 29th is what I heard. <laughs> right. Uh, That's what I heard. It, it could be. It could be shadow dropping June 29th. That's possible. Mm. Normally mm. in the games industry, things get announced like five years out, but um i'm just saying whatever. so yeah if i got one now i would use it but i kind of just want to wait until the last possible minute okay fair enough i thought you had had it or at least purchased it already no nah. uh and i was going to convince you to download uh a new button masher well it's not new but it's a demon slayer game <laughs> i got that yeah i got that shit if you uh, and i are playing any anime games together no, it's gonna no, be no. that new jojo if it's fighter the fucking jo- then if i get that then you gotta get the demon slayer thing can That's we play demon slayer this- together obviously yeah we converse we converse each other okay is it a fighting game yeah uh but it's also a story game like mm. um in order to unlock all the characters you have to like basically live out the plot of season one like right now i'm going mm. i just finished um my training arc with Urudaki and then I went on the mountain and I just saw Zenetsu and but I haven't unlocked him yet. The only characters that 
like I've unlocked that are in the show proper are a few demons, uh, Tanjiro, Nezuko, and uh, Sabito, mm. Momoko, like the early on characters. I haven't gotten to like all the actual, classic, all the classic characters. Yeah, I haven't gotten to any Hashidas yet or uh, any of the other Demon Slayers just mm. yet. But okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I just um, downloaded it this morning. Right. I mean, if it's cross play, we could play it together. I could just get it I don't on know PlayStation. If it's cross play though. I'd I'd assume that you would know something like that. <laughs> I I don't know if, if like every game is cross play. Certain things have cross play. Certain things. Here's don't. the thing. You're you're the gaming resident. You're the I gamer know. boy. You're the e boy. You should know this shit. <sighs> true i'll i'll correct yes. that after this show i'll i'll, I'll go do all the research oh i need because i desperately want to play this prince of fucking disappointment um oh, look it looks great hmm. it feels great in my hands to wow. play it, it's just good stuff it's good stuff good um yeah. yeah i i actually uh before we get into the the swing of things um there was since this is um you know an anime podcast where we talk about things i there was one thing that i couldn't believe that i hadn't brought up yet um oh, lay it on me but i i guess it's just we've been so focused just on the the ghibli of it all but uh yeah there was some pretty huge uh news in my world and the things that i pay attention to and we've talked about in the podcast before um but essentially uh, a couple weeks ago now, or maybe it was like two and a half weeks ago now, it hasn't been too long since this was announced, but essentially the publisher of uh, Berserk came mm. out with a statement um, basically saying that after a long bout of silence, uh, leaving the fans waiting in the wings, they have decided that it will continue with the anime the season one that is out that's like canon everyone should just watch that <laughs> the anime and ignore the manga yeah right um yeah it i i don't know anything about the the anime but it is beloved um a lot mm. of people say that the manga is kind of trash yes that's what i've been hearing in my circles compared to that so um yeah unfortunately i don't know <laughs> what's going on with the with the anime but um basically i am speaking about uh uh the manga, the, the manga right um and so essentially what happened because i think on the podcast i've mentioned before that over the past however many years uh kentaro mira had been bringing up these apprentices basically who could mimic his style so eventually they could like do a lot of the heavy lifting with him to get chapters out faster but then obviously mira passed away suddenly and, tra and tragically uh and so people were kind of like well there's a bunch of author or there's a bunch of illustrators who know exactly how to do his style maybe they could continue but no one really knew if he had um like if what he had left behind uh, mm. in terms of like a story to follow. Um, but there was this really, really great uh, message um, that was written. It was two separate messages. One was from the publisher and one was from Mira's best friend, lifelong friend, Koji Mori, who is another mangaka um, in his own right. I haven't actually read any of his work, but 
Um, they've been like lifelong best friends. They came up together and basically he made this great statement where he was basically saying like, you know, like you all, I I've been struggling to, you know, struggling with his death and like, um, and then obviously trying to figure out what might happen. And basically he said he was in contact obviously with like the apprentices and like the publisher and everything. And basically he was saying that of anyone, as far as he knows, uh, Kentaro Miura had basically over the years relayed everything about Berserk to hmm. this guy, Koji Mori. So this guy, Koji Mori basically says that he, in so many words, knows the arc of Berserk and certain things that are supposed to happen and very specifically, I guess, what the ending was intended to be. So basically he said like he was very on the fence about it because obviously it's like a huge um, burden to carry. But he said that knowing uh, Mira so well that, you know, he would want him, you know, if he has the capacity to like and with the apprentices who can do the art and everything like it just makes sense. And, and he felt that Mira would want his work to be finished in some way. Um, so essentially they said that they're continuing, uh, there's good, they're going to finish this arc that's been going for like fucking 10 years at this point. And then there's going to be one final arc that will conclude the series. Um, and they've already released two chapters. Um, have you read them? Yes. And, and I don't, and, and if someone was reading this in a vacuum, they would have no idea that hmm. this, that there was any hiccup in anything it the art wow. still looks incredible um some huge you know really crazy things went down uh it, they were fantastic it was great so this is kind of exactly what i wanted to happen it's the best case scenario and the fact that it's being led by mira's best friend in the world who knows what's supposed to happen it's it's the best we could hope for it's the best we're going to get so um yeah just oh, thought that's we'd, cool yeah yeah no that being said uh if that were to ever happen between us mm. shut down wasteland studios like all oh, right just kill it all don't don't continue with anything my wishes are for you to just mourn my death for years to yeah. come because that's not the plan for either of us neither of us are supposed to die you know right right we have plans to have our um consciousness uploaded to an android or supercomputer yeah, yeah. what have you when the time comes so if if that doesn't happen for for me shut it all down like, yeah just, because please basically no matter what happens the podcast will continue it just might not be for several hundred years we're just exactly we're just going to be waiting uh to, yeah to be and uploaded or revived in, yeah i don't want to dip uh in um What's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, substance. I don't want to dip in like yeah, this fire, this this audible chocolate that the listeners are getting right now. Mm -hmm. Just wait for a couple millennia. We'll be back. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> I, I totally agree. We're definitely on the same page. I will say though that I do have a manuscript that says exactly okay. what every podcast episode is supposed to be for the next 50 years. Good. I mean, that's, 
you're picking up your half of the bargain. That's what you've been. I asked you to do that months ago, and I'm glad that you're <laughs> you're sticking to it. Yeah, I've, um, I finally, I yeah, just last week, I I outlined in detail the the, uh, the finale. Oh yes. Um. Yeah. But it, but the secret's going to be, or the big twist is going to be that the finale is really just the announcement of like the next arc. Yeah, it's like, like a backdoor series. pilot type situation. Yeah, be- um, because as we said, we will not be dying. No, we have no plans on death for the next 300 years, at least. Uh, have you ever heard of, I think his name is Richard Nygaard? Ooh, that sounds really familiar. Well, let me look it up. Okay, because I was just watching like a documentary thing on him on HBO Max. Uh, it's such same series that uh, covered... The Girls Gone Wild guy that I told you about a few days ago. So this guy, Richard Nygaard, he essentially, he wanted to... <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> really quick. The first thing that comes up when you... This is why I thought it was familiar. The first thing that comes up is... Or is is this a bit? No, it's not a bit. Oh, okay. Say what comes the, up. Because the first thing that comes up is uh, the fate or like the doctor that you never see who's uh, Chris Traeger's um mm. therapist on uh <laughs> on parks and rec like he's he's always saying like my therapist dr richard nygaard and like you never see him i don't think right 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 so um, that's why it sounded damn, that's why it sounded I, familiar to me maybe i got the name mixed up though because it's it's something nygaard maybe it's peter nygaard i forget but this dude is a canadian uh like clothes designer and oh no that comes up, Peter. Or okay. wait, Peter Nygaard. Peter Nygaard. Peter, yeah. Yes. Okay. I got it mixed up with uh, with Parks and Rec, <laughs> Richard Nygaard. But either I, way, Peter Nygaard. Yeah. He wants, or yeah, he he still wants to live forever. And his way of doing it is by injecting himself with stem cells that he harvests from, um, like you know, women that he has <laughs> captured or convinced or paid in some sort of way. And I was recently watching his documentary. Jesus. Yeah. And he's a monster, but how does he I get mean, away he can't with, argue with it? Does he live like in the ocean? He's rich. Like beyond. Okay. Uh, he spends a lot of time in the Bahamas, but like I was going to say, it's like, uh, you, 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 yes, he's a monster, but you can't argue with his results. I mean, he's mm. got the body of a 25 year old and Fair he enough. is pushing 80. Um, yeah, I would, I would tell all of our listeners, if you guys have access to like HBO Max or whatever, check out this new documentary series called Rich and Shameless. Uh, The last episode is about Peter Nygaard. It's only like 42 minutes and the dude's a monster. But uh, I feel like he's the beta, the beta test of Mm. what we have in mind. You know, we don't want to put like here's here's where Peter Nygaard failed. He wanted to live in his own body. He wanted to rejuvenate his oh, own right. body. Yeah, yeah. That you can't do that. That's science fiction. But what you can do, mm-hmm. and what we're planning on doing, is putting our consciousness, our essence, essences into like androids or cyborgs, that type of thing. You know, we're yeah, we're yeah. gonna live forever that way through technology. So yeah. yeah. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there because it was something I watched recently and I was sitting there this entire time thinking to myself, you fool. You, you arrogant, callous fool. You have no idea like what you're, he's trying to play God. You can't play God. All you can do is put your consciousness into robotics. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 
it it seems like uh, not only is it uh, <laughs> horrendously um, horrifying and yes. Uh, what he's doing to, <laughs> to these innocent women. Not only that, but just in theory, yeah, it's a fool's errand. Uh, what he needs to do at this point, since he's, you know, in his 80s now, he just needs to freeze himself, cryogenically freeze himself and just wait. Yeah, do like Walt Disney did. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah. Michael Jackson, maybe. We like how many but, how many women have to die for him to maybe gain an extra like six or seven years? Hundreds. Uh, there was one bit in the documentary where he had a table full of black women and he was oh. he was I mean, yeah, you know, he that's the thing. Peter Nygaard doesn't see color unless right. it's in stem cells, because as he tells the women, uh, the best stem cells come from uh, black women because they're so athletic and. Uh, their genes are so vibrant and all this other shit. And he says, so I'm willing to pay $100 for your eggs. Keep in mind, this guy's a billionaire. And mm-hmm. uh, all these women, they're just like, uh, no, we're, we're not going to do that. And he's like, I'm willing to go as high as 60000 But he started at a, at $100. $100. And I don't know if you're familiar with like IVF and like mm-hmm. getting eggs and everything, but that shit is worth like he should have started maybe in the hundreds of thousands. But uh, yeah, uh, my, my guy, Peter Nygaard, he is he's a novice in this immortality game. Yeah. And I mean, he paved the way for what we're going to do someday, I guess. But that being what it is, uh, are you ready to hop into some anime? Did you have yeah. any like uh, diabolical uh, billionaires who are trying to become mm. immortal that you want to talk to me about? Um. No, I don't have anything planned, but next week, mm. definitely, I can come with four okay. or five. Oh, for sure. Um, right, so do we want to briefly just wrap up Spy Family talk before getting yeah. into the, the main event? Because yeah, it's uh, Spy Family. Yeah, season one. Well, this is actually what I wanted to mention, I guess, before we jump into it. I don't know if you've seen anything else, but I was just like on the Wikipedia uh, earlier after we mm-hmm. caught up with this latest <clears throat> or this finale and it said that it was a w- really weird kind of wording it was basically like the series will consist of like 26 episodes the first part being 12 episodes that just aired and then the second part being 13 episodes which will air in October hmm which I hadn't heard anything about that, but it was very strange the fact that they said the series will consist mm. of. Well, maybe it was written by like a British person because a lot of people oh. in the UK, they <laughs> use like when referring to a season, they call it series one or series two. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's. I guess it's possible. I just don't know why the Brits are at the forefront of this information. They, they should have like they should they have their, they should have a separate right Wikipedia. I agree. Um, um, yeah, because uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the like the anime is super popular and the manga is still ongoing. Like with thirteen more episodes, they wouldn't be able to catch up. I don't think. 
no, to where it's at. And then, yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was weird. So I guess maybe we're getting 13 more episodes in a couple months. So like this is season one part like a. And I, then- yeah, I don't know. I, I oh. found it strange wording at the least. Maybe there's like conflicting information out there, but that's what's on the Wikipedia right now. Can we do we have Dame Judy Dench's contact info? Can we ask if she has any mm. idea what's going on? Because she's British, right? Uh I think so, yeah. All right, let's let's I'll, talk to her. I'll reach out. Uh we'll reach out. In. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. But look, we watched uh well, you've been watching weekly. Me, I saves these bitches. I wait yeah. until right before we record and I watch I watch uh, the three that we usually have, and yeah, we we're we're gonna be covering uh, ten, eleven, and twelve, um, which those episode titles are uh, the Great Dodgeball Plan, I believe, Stella, and Penguin Park. And I got to tell you, I was left a little like meh with the finale itself, Penguin Park, mm-hmm. until like the final couple minutes, but. The the preceding episodes, um, 10 and 11, The Great Dodgeball Plan and Stella, superb. Mm -hmm. Especially the one, uh, the dodgeball of it all. Their their little, like, mini dodgeball tournament that wasn't even a tournament. It was just, like, that match. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But they have that gigantic six-year-old who's, like, the size of a 40-year-old man. Yeah, it was amazing. And that, that was a moment where I'm like, there's no way, like, this is... This has to be way better than whatever the manga did. Just with the like, you get the voice actor to voice yeah. that fucking six year old, and it just sounds <laughs> like fucking Jotaro from yeah, yeah, the and, Stars Crusaders. I mean, we mentioned this early on in our Spy Family um, coverage, but I am appreciating the sub so much that I am very concerned about whatever they do for the dub oh for sure especially when it comes to anya yeah yeah because we have these little dream sequences or these daydream sequences where anya is narrating like she's she's playing everyone's role and she's she's the voice of them and she like i don't know it may it's like she makes her voice a little huskier when she's playing as lloyd or even um your and Little Damien himself, like she or is it Desmond? Desmond or Damien? The little kid. Damien. Damien. Okay. His last name is Desmond. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, But yeah, the voice actress for the sub is doing such a phenomenal job as Anya that, yeah, whoever comes in for the dub, they have to be like fucking knock it out of the park good because everything that she's doing is just it's adorable it's funny it's so heartfelt like the comedic timing of this show it it rests completely on anya i feel like yeah yeah 100 percent. it's that voice actress is yeah it's like making the whole or it's doing the heavy lifting for sure Indeed, much like I am right now. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, try, I'm reading the Wikipedia again. Why are you reading the Wikipedia right now? Because uh, I was trying to see if I could learn any more about the thing, but I was also whatever. I, I'm looking at the fucking Wikipedia. What do you want me to do? This guy. All right. Um. So yeah, we have the dodgeball 
uh, match and both Damien and Anya have it in their minds that if they win the match, they will receive <clears throat> Stella, which is uh, one of those stars that are given to students to show how great they are and whatnot. And I mean, they fail miserably. It's mainly because the class that they're going against has this behemoth of a man who is allegedly six years old, but yeah. he's been taking HGH or something. Um, like Nathaniel was saying, he's like the size and voice of Jotaro Kujo. And yeah, he's a beast. And he's got like all these geometric plans to throw the ball and he's knocking people out with one throw. Um, but he is bested, at least at first, by Anya, who, of course, as we know, can read minds. Yeah. So every time this guy prepares a throw, Anya dodges because she knows exactly where it's going to come from or where it's aimed at. And yeah, she's able to get around it, except she falls flat on her belly. And just as this guy is like hurling the ball at her, and it's about to take her out. She closes her eyes. You hear a big clap. She opens them and Damien is there. And it's like the ball is just fucking spinning uh, mercilessly in the palm of his hands. And at first I thought he was going to catch it and it would have been like a two verse one. They were going to like beat this guy. But no, Damien drops it. And then it's all up to Anya. And I left out the fact that Yor had been training her. Uh, in this episode to mm. be like the best dodgeball player in the world. So Anya's been like hyping up the fact that she has this special move <laughs> and yeah, uh, she finally gets a ball. She prepares to throw it and you see, it's like one of those big anime in comics. You call them a splash page. Yeah. I'm not sure what you would call it uh, in an anime. Maybe it's the same for manga, but a big splash page of Anya um, and like all, all these stars around her, all these like whirling colors. And I forget the move. It's called like the starlight arrow or starlight throw or some shit like that. But she like yeah. lines up and she chucks the ball and it just, she basically spikes it. It just, she like, it throws it a foot in front of her and it like bounces towards the big dude. And he just like tosses it right back at Anya and she's out. And yeah, neither her or uh, Damien win the match and they're both like upset. But the big behemoth dude, he's like, oh, awesome. I won. And all his teammates are like, oh, you win the Stella. You're going to get a Stella, blah, blah, blah. And the headmaster is the one who's subbing as the dodgeball um, mm -hmm. referee. And he's like, I don't know why either like any of you thought that you would receive a Stella for a dodgeball match. That's ridiculous. But he begins thinking to himself that these two students uh, being Anya and Damien, maybe they deserve it because they are on opposing odds um, of their class. And they're, they've been at each other's throats this entire uh, semester so far, but they came together. And in that moment, Damien comes over and starts berating Anya and Anya and her friend, I forget the friend's name, they start giving it right back. And he's like, ah, maybe I was wrong. Maybe they're not so elegant. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially how that episode ends. Uh, but yeah, it was a fun, that episode 10 was a fun episode. And uh, the next episode, uh, Stella, uh, episode 11, even better, I think. It 
it tugged at my fucking heartstrings. I love seeing little Anya like fail at almost everything she was like given to try. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she I, it was like F after F after F on her uh, papers. Um, Anya's like having a little um, soliloquy to herself. She's like, the only reason I failed is because I wasn't sure of who to copy off of, like who to read the mind of. But now, now I'll know and I'll get hundreds on all my papers. And then she reads Lloyd's mind and Lloyd is like, if she, uh, there must be a way to get her to get A's on all her papers. But if I do that too quickly, then her, uh, her classmates may uh, single her out and ridicule her or like, it may be too suspicious. So then Anya's like, well, fuck, now I can't do that. Like, what am I going to do? So the basic plot of Stella is to try to find something that Anya can be good at outside of schoolwork in order for her to earn her first Stella. Um, do you want to talk any, any talk about any plot points or anything about the episode? I've been doing a lot of talk. I'm just uh, yeah, I know. I mean, unfortunately, I, I think for when part two comes out, I'm going to let them build up like you do because mm. I remember the episode, but like you just saw it and I watched it like a week ago or whatever. So it's a little, it's yeah, the like specific beats are hazier in mind. I definitely remember like her at the hospital with Lloyd and, uh, and yeah, I definitely remember her taking all the L's and everything. But if you want to go beat by beat, you, you got to necessarily want to go beat by beat. I mean, I just figured we could have a conversation about it. Mm. Um, but never mind. I guess. It was great. Um, it was great. What can yeah, you say? Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, it was great. No. Um, yeah. So I guess that was uh, Spy Family. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, it's, I. I know. I look, yeah. Look, part two. I promise I will watch them all. I'll wait for them. I'll wait for them to build up. You don't have to do that. I mean, you can do a little refresher before we record anything. But well, we were uh, running a bunch of errands this morning. Cool. Yeah. No problem. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to uh, Studio Ghibli. Well, let's get but, in. But well, I, I think maybe we can talk about. Well, because you had said that the the finale left you a little cold and I just yeah. watched the finale. I mean, okay. I guess, well, cause you, you mentioned that up front and I think I wanted to comment on it at least that I think this is, and I think maybe I've talked about this before with like certain adaptations, but it's kind of like, I feel like this is the thing because they're, they're copying as far as I know, they're copying the manga so closely where it's like, if it's only in the budget and the plan to do 12 episodes or whatever for this first, whatever this is, you're kind of at the mercy of wherever you're at in the story, you know? Right. So you can't really like manufacture what feels like a finale. You kind of just have to go with whatever the mm-hmm. thing. And I think like I, and I haven't read this manga, you know, I haven't read this. I don't know exactly how it happened in the manga, but I felt like they tried to kind of like shoehorn in, what like like that narrator coming back in and kind of like recapping mm. everything i felt like that was their way to kind of like put an end cap like an artificial end cap on it so yeah i mean i agree that it wasn't like uh no pun intended the most elegant mm. um finish to it but right. but i i did i did like this episode at least but 
it yeah i i well because you had said right that the it didn't really get you until like the end yeah you're talking about just like the like the whole the part with um anya back at home playing with her new stuff penguin and yeah uh, pretending to be a spy and like showing them like all the places in the apartment and then Lloyd freaking out and having to like recover by playing along with Anya's mm-hmm. um, like make-believe scenario that that was really nice but aside from that it was most I mean the episode itself didn't really feel like you said uh, like a finale yeah. and that's mainly because I mean they have a stopping point in these episodes or in the manga. So that way they can continue on with the story in the next 13 episodes or whatever. And wherever they stopped it, like you said, it may not have been anything poignant or dramatic. So this was just like a whatever episode. It felt like filler for the most part. Yeah, I definitely agree. And there was a lot more like poignant moments, like throughout these 12 episodes, not in this finale, but the one last thing I wanted to mention before we get into Ghibli is something kind of touching back on something we had mentioned, I think the last time we talked about Spy Family, and that was that I am feeling a little, I don't know if concerned is the right word, but like Anya and Lloyd are really the stars of the show here. Uh. And I just feel like there's got to be a way, like she, you know, like uh, your had some stuff to do, like when her brother was kind of in the picture. But I feel like day to day, she is just really kind of the background character of the family, which is I can see that definitely unfortunate just because I I don't know. I wish they were a little more on equal ground because like we, we get these little comments she makes about. Oh, from last night's. Like uh-huh. she said, like in this last episode, oh, I can still smell blood on my hand from last night's kill. And it's like she's still living her life and doing shit. We just don't see we never see it. any of yeah. it at all. So that's like the one thing that, I mean, again, it's it's whatever the, the mangaka, it, it's their decision. And, and so it's not really up to the anime. Uh, right. But right. I, I my hope for the series going forward is that Yor gets kind of pushed up to a more relevant position somehow. Yeah, most definitely. Um, And that I think is part of what left me so like nonplussed by this episode is that I, I knew it was the finale. So I was expecting like sort of a convergence of storylines or at least some drama to be ramped up a little bit. And there really wasn't, you know, there wasn't, Mm -hmm. this was just another day in the life of the Forager family. Um, and a few episodes ago, we were introduced to yours brother who, um, much like everything else in the show is a comical, um, antagonist, you know, he, he, he definitely has, uh, some gravitas behind him. He definitely uh, is a threat, but in that same breath, he's so comically in love with his sister and wants nothing but the best for her and is blinded by everything else that she does that he's sort of a doofus whenever she's around. So I was expecting him to pop back up at least one more time after his introduction, mm-hmm. but he hasn't. Maybe he's going to in the <clears> next 13 <throat> episodes. But then we... Uh, I think there was also something 
Oh, the dog. I don't know if that's what you're going to say, but they like tease that dog. They tease a dog. And then there was that little like after credits and not after credits scene, but like that little yeah. scene. And yeah, the next episode, they were just going to the aquarium. And I yeah. was like, but where the dog I, at? Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, I feel like I might want to like now that we're in the spy family break now, I feel like I might want to like go. And kind of like read the manga up to this point, not to read any further, but just to kind of like see, um, just see what's up. See if, um, especially like with that dog, like, I don't know. Yeah, the dog thing. And I have seen that dog in some key art before, so Mm. it definitely plays a... What kind of dog do they get? Spoil it for me. Uh, Well, yeah, if I'm spoiling it, I mean, it was that dog in that like end credits mm. thing the dog okay. that like had it was like really focusing Big. on that one yeah. i don't know i don't know what breed it is or anything but Dropping it was like a, it was again. like a, it was okay. like a big like beethoven style dog so saint bernard right cool yes cool, cool. I, I i was probably saint bernard hmm. all right all right i'm into that uh yeah so I mean, overall, I enjoyed season one. I, yeah. I don't really have any unkind words to say about the series other than, like you were saying, Nathaniel, I wish yours was more prominent of a character. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, I feel like once they get the pacing down better, um, this could easily be like an A or an A plus, A minus anime. Uh but the finale being what it was, it was sort of just like, meh. So, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's just, I think, I think there's so many like good, like enhancing qualities about the anime adaptation, specifically the voice acting. Um, but I definitely feel like this is like probably one of the big, downsides to the anime versus if you're a manga reader because the manga reader is just like every week i'm getting yeah the new chapter and with this it's like well now we have to pretend that there's season finales and season premieres and when yeah it's built as a weekly a weekly series that just goes on without a hitch basically uh, one little thing I wanted to throw out there that I was very, uh, I thought was just adorable and funny was after Anya is awarded her Stella for saving uh, the kid who was drowning or almost saving the kid who was drowning in the pool. Lloyd had to jump in and save them both. Um, she returns to Anya returns to school with her Stella pin on her dress. <laughs> yeah. And she demands to be referred to as Starlight Anya. And she yeah. will only answer to Starlight Anya. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. thought that was really fucking hilarious. Because at one point, she's in a daydream. And she's thinking to herself. And she snapped out of it. And her friend is like, uh, Anya, we should get to class. And Anya's still standing there with like this weird look on her face, not addressing anyone, but like staring off into the distance. And her friend says, Starlight Anya. And she goes, yep, let's go. Like she was just, even though she was still in a daydream, she was waiting for that, um, for her new title. And I thought it was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, like I said, like Anya, she is like 100% the star of this show of spy family. And yeah, a hundred percent, man. Um, I just, I'm looking forward to the dub 
in mm. a certain way just to see what they come up with. Right. To see if they match the cuteness of little Anya Forger. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just one last shout out for Anya. Her little shit eating grin is like the best. You you texted me uh, the yeah, a gif yeah, of yeah, it, yeah. but I I love that little <laughs> smile of hers. It's great. Also, in the last episode, another Anya shout out. Her with the uh, Ray Ban sunglasses on as she's a spy and she's just <laughs> like on a wall. I'm going to be seeing that as like people's profile pictures on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Like from here until fucking infinity, I imagine, because yeah. I saw that and I was just like, that's a perfect shot. I can see everybody using that. I'm going to see that cosplayed at conventions. It's just going to be everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as it should be, because that it just look cool. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're we're keeping we're keeping um, Spy Family with us as we trudge through this wasteland. Mm. We are not leaving it behind. It is mm-hmm. still good stuff. So yeah. highly recommend if you guys haven't checked it out yet, please watch it. Read the manga if you can, or if not, you know, just check it out on Hulu, Crunchyroll, whatever you got. Uh, yeah. So definitely. Let's uh, let's get into the Ghibli of it all. Ghibli. All right. Um, Ghibli a how do you have a preference on how you want to tackle mm. these two films? Uh, those being Porco Rosso and Only Yesterday. Only Yesterday. Let's start with Only Yesterday. Okay. Now, that was your pick. It was. And what I found interesting is that it was only released in America like a few years ago, like the dub, mm. I mean, the dub version only right. like came to America and done a few years ago uh, because like I was listening to the voices and I was like, I don't know who this is, but like, right. why? Like one of the characters, they were British and I was like a British Japanese dude, like what's going <laughs> on here? And then yeah, yeah. the credits rolled and I saw who it was and I was like, damn, this must have been like super recent. And I did some research right. and yeah, it was, uh, it was like dubbed in 2015 or 2016. But the dub cast, uh, Daisy Ridley or Daisy Riley, whatever her name is. Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. And uh, Dev Patel. My man. Yeah. From Skins. From The Green Knight. From Slumdog Millionaire. From Aaron Sorkin's The Newsroom. Oh. Like the list goes on and on for my boy Dev. Yeah. You don't um, miss, except for the newsroom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought the same thing. Because, um, yeah, I, w- with doing, watching these, I usually kind of like look up the voice cast first just to see what's up. And yeah, when I saw like Daisy Ridley and Dev Patel, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this must have definitely been a more recent, uh, a more recent dub. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for coming out originally, being originally released in 91 in Japan. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, this was one that I hadn't, hadn't um, really heard of. So I definitely, I guess it makes sense that it just didn't get a wide release until uh, recently with this Disney deal, I guess, being the yeah, impetus well, for it. I did a little research. You want to know why it didn't get a like wide release or why it wasn't brought to the states no i don't want to know let's move on okay cool uh so let's get into uh no please let us know uh it 
had a lot to do with uh, the middle part of the film where uh, Ty- Tycho, right? Um, it is, uh, yeah, Tycho Okajima. Yes, Tycho. She was given uh, the talk about <clears throat> periods and wow. becoming a woman and everything. Yeah, yeah. Disney did. They were like, "Nah, let's hold the let's hold off on that." Like, I feel we like, can't have. Yeah, I mean, you feel I, like what? I yeah, I guess in '91 for sure, but definitely. I mean, Pixar tackles they stuff just, now, but they just came out with Turning Red. Yeah, like no, a I, few months ago. That's true. Yeah, uh, Ghibli Ghibli was doing this in in '91, the year of me. By the way, I think I said this last time, but <laughs> the year of me. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean that that makes sense. But hey, uh, you know what do you expect? But that that makes sense. I can see, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I guess like, well, when did the Disney deal happen? That was that that was. I guess it's, it's been it. They were releasing all this shit, I guess, but back in the day. But I don't know. This didn't really strike me as like a Disney children's film necessarily. I mean, I, I think I guess not. I, I think some young girls could maybe <laughs> vibe with it, but most definitely. But for whatever reason, I mean, I did some research, and that's that's what I came away with is they held off because of the scenes depicting girls speaking like just openly about having their period and what that meant and boys teasing them and all that stuff. That's yeah. Yeah. That's the information I got. Uh, but it makes sense. But how did you feel about this film overall? Like what were mm-hmm. your, what were your thoughts? How, how did it hit you? Right. Um, yeah, I guess, So I just watched this last night, so I guess I'm still working through my thoughts with it. But yeah, obviously had never seen this, but I am familiar with the director, Isayo Takahata, because he did Grave of the Fireflies, which I love. So this was interesting to see another film from him uh, as the director. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I feel pretty positively about it. I feel like in terms because I feel like this is closest in terms of what we've already seen from Ghibli. This is the closest to uh, ocean waves, just mm. in the sense of this is a more straight okay. like this is just a straight character drama. Like there's no like heavy plot. There's no fantasy or anything like. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, when Marnie was there is quite fantastical and storybook like but. Only Yesterday is a pretty standard, like this could have easily been a live action drama film and I think worked just the same as this for the most part. Um, But uh, so, I mean, in terms of like, if we're just going to pair it up with Ocean Waves, I like this. um, I, I like this a lot. I think I think hmm. OK, I think there was a lot to like about it, but I could see. I don't know. I, 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 I'm curious to see what you think, but I, my, my initial thought having just seen it last night is I'm, I'm pretty favorable. Okay. Yeah. So I also watched it last night. Um, 
it would have been nice if you could have like texted me. We could have watched it together. I don't know. That would have been cool. But either way. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Prince of Disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it last night. I didn't finish it last night. I had to pause it and watch something else. Yeah. Because it just wasn't uh, hitting me in the right way at the time. And then I finished it this morning. Yeah. It's long. Was doing some- it's like two hours. Yeah. 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 Was not expecting that. That was my first tweet after I said, like, oh, I'm going to watch this uh, Ghibli movie, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, shit, it's two hours. And I don't know that it needed to be two hours. I want to say that right now. But also, uh, <laughs> yeah. I definitely agree with what you're saying about how it had a very ocean waves type vibe. And uh, while I feel like I enjoyed ocean waves more because of the possibility, wait, because of the possibility (laughs) of it being queer coded, that's why. Yes. The the possibility. Here's the thing. Uh Only yesterday was good, but narratively, I don't think it was as strong as Ocean Waves. Hmm. Okay. Like, the whole going back and forth between Tycho's uh, 11-year-old self and her 27-year-old self, I don't know. I just wasn't seeing the connections between a lot of the flashbacks and what they meant. Like, we spent so much time in the flashbacks of her like just going through life and the monotony and like the day in day out nature of being a little girl in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. And then it flashes to her being 27 and getting away from Tokyo to go off uh, to work in a farm for the summer for a few weeks or something. I was much more captivated by that part of the story. I wanted to be there with Taiko Mm -hmm. as she was uh, working in the fields and uh, getting to know this guy, Toshio, or yeah, Toshio, Tashio, whatever his name was. And be, just because like, she's now this person, she's this full fledged person and herself as an 11 year old girl, all I was seeing was her being denied all these chances, her being ridiculed or silenced. And it just didn't hit me right. I was just sitting here like wondering what this movie was every time I was in the flashbacks, every time I was watching her with her family, every time I was watching her at school, it was just her stifling herself, her like shrinking down and being who everyone wanted her to be. And then we see her as a 27 year old woman. And I don't know, she seemed more like sure of herself in certain ways. She seemed more, alive and grown up to the point that I was left wondering what the point of the flashbacks were. It's not as if we were seeing her grow out of a shell. We weren't seeing her break out of anything. It was just her like reminiscing of these moments in her life where like she, she begged for a pineapple for her family to get a pineapple. They Mm -hmm. get a pineapple no one enjoyed it. And it it could have been that she, like the way I interpreted that scene is she was very curious about this fruit. She starts eating it and everyone around her is like, oh, it's not that good. I can get it in a can and it tastes better than this. And it just like, it broke her down. 
to the point where she was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it's not that good. It just seemed like a movie where you're watching a child like have all of her wonder and her like whimsy stripped away little by little. And for that, like, I, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy watching that. But then I see the 27-year-old uh, mm. woman, and she finally gets to go out to the countryside like she's always wanted. She's getting to uh, talk to new people and just work with her hands. She doesn't have to be in an office anymore. She's living like she's doing what she wants to do. And I just thought that was that was a better story, but I didn't get enough of that to say that I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed ocean waves or <clears throat> the possibility of what ocean waves could have been. Um, yeah, I mean, fair enough. Uh, I mean, yeah, if we're getting more explicit about the ocean waves comparison, uh, I mean, yeah, personally, I thought this was like light years more intriguing than, than ocean waves. Yeah. But you're a Philistine. Uh, meaning, meaning what? I was kidding. That was a joke. Okay. Keep going. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know where to really start. I mean, I, I think that like a way that you described her like childhood experience, uh, juxtaposed to like this current day kind of vacation that she's on and you're like not really seeing the connection, the way you described it to me was like, was the connection that I felt was like pretty clear, but, hmm. um, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to respond to here. I, I think that for me, I, I loved, well, I, I love the past stuff and the present stuff. I, I thought seeing her in her childhood in the sixties in Japan, like, um, was pretty fascinating. I, I was never, um, I was never like wishing for to be in any one place. I was kind of just very much along for the ride. I felt um, the the pineapple. I I loved the pineapple scene. That was like a pretty early scene in the movie. And to me, I my reading for that was more. I don't think she liked the pineapple. I th hmm. I thought that was like in that moment. I thought that like she was so incredibly excited for the pineapple and the fact that she's like getting this con like she's eating it and like she almost can't accept that it's bad that it, it didn't live up to what she thought yeah of it. and then like her family like reinforcing the fact that yeah this isn't good and then she like everyone gives it to her because she's so excited and she's just like sitting there like i guess like, like she like, just like doesn't know what to do like and she's just like trying to like choke this pineapple down and it's like uh -huh. hard and it's not ripe and i don't know i i, I sort of feel you know how i feel about pineapple like how dare they first of all it that's was fucked up but i i think it's kudos to the animators because that was a green ass pineapple they didn't know what they were mm. doing they never seen one before. So the, point, the, the animators knew that that was not a good pineapple. So that's what I mean. The animators knew the family didn't know. No, it was the sixties. Like, no, they didn't know anything. Yeah, pineapple technology hadn't been perfected yet, no. but that's the thing is 
you bring in this new experience and instead of like anyone like they didn't even know how to cut the thing you know what i'm saying like well the, the was, one the the one whoever was cutting it like researched how to do it they researched how to do it but then you research like I mean, Google but, wasn't a thing back yeah, then. Yeah, it was the I, I 60s. They had to go find know, a fucking... I know. Uh, I know. Look, all I'm saying is like, they ruined a, like, a foundational but that's moment for that's a young girl. I know. Though. I'm aware of that. And wh- I, I can agree that like that is childhood. But all I saw of her childhood were all these moments where she's being like stunted and... Mm-hmm just closed off to new experiences to the point where yeah i mean kudos to them doing that like i understand that i've lived that you've lived that yeah i can respect what they were trying to do but that doesn't necessarily mean that i have to enjoy what i saw because Uh, when it well when it came to her being an adult woman and she's talking about how uh she had this role in a play and it was like this big moment for her. And mm-hmm. uh, the guy came from a university and asked her to be in the play. And her mother was excited and her sisters were excited, but the father wouldn't allow it. And she's like, well, what could have been? And then the little girl that she's telling the story to, she's like, oh, you could have done this or that. And she's like, well, I actually auditioned or I went out for drama club when I was in high school. And it looks like that thing was just like a one-off, you know? So it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Which... That- that's what I'm saying is like, that is perfect. Like there's a clear delineation between like those types of memories, but also mm-hmm. who knows what could have been had she gotten to do that thing? Had she gotten from an early age? I'm just saying, but, look, but you're I'm, like describing the movie in a perfect way. I think this is what works about the movie. Just what? Because, because I remember the movie. Wait, no, I like I get, I, okay. it's like, I don't know the way. I mean, it's just it's an interesting conversation, I guess, because the way you're describing like what's not working for you, it sounds like is what mm-hmm. I feel like is working <laughs> about the movie and like ping ponging back between this time in her life and the present day. Because my the way I read it uh, is that, you know, in the child in her childhood, we are seeing her like the way you're describing it i think is right and that we're seeing her having these bad first experiences like with the pineapple the play like all these moments at school and like she's being stunted with all this stuff and it's just it's disappointment it's it's and mixed with like regular childhood things that we all kind of experienced and then in the present day we see this 27 year old version of her who thinks that like she's living this kind of life that's not really true to herself. She's thinks, well, I'm an independent woman. I'm living in Tokyo. Like this is what it's like. That's the pineapple scene, but her whole life as a 27 year old, like I'm not married. I'm living in the big city. I just kind of have a job at a company. It's a good job. Like she, that's her like struggling to like bite, through the pineapple and have this experience that she thinks is supposed to be what she really wants. And then her going away to this farm and reminiscing on all these moments in her childhood that are that pineapple scene in the present day, it's like this slow realization to where like to at the end of the movie where she makes the decision to stay. Like to me, that's her finally coming to terms with the fact that, 
I, I don't know, trying to go against like all these moments through Wait. her childhood and then culminating. You're saying she stayed in the countryside? Because she went back to the city. She said she would come back to visit, but she went back to the city. Did you just like turn off the movie at a certain point? No, she got on the train. She went back to the city. What are you talking about? I don't know if this is a bit. Is this not a bit? It's not, a, not bit. a bit. I'm, she, I'm opening. Okay, she got on the train and and she sat down and like all the herself and all her childhood schoolmates popped up yeah. and her as a child came up and put her hand on her arm and then suddenly she was like, oh, I know what I need to do. And she sprung up, got off on the next exit got back on the train going back to the village and then she got out called them uh what's his face showed back up toshio and it's like her back at the village with them when did you turn it off when it ended when did it end in your mind at the end nathaniel i'm did you see a black screen right now no i saw credits well, the, the, credits. the credits started rolling as this was happening. Well, if they started rolling while it was happening, like there's no more dialogue. There's no, oh my I'm, I'm God. scrubbing back through. This Go was this yourself. was the I'm, whole I'm this was the through. whole culmination of everything was her decision. I'm to, scrubbing back through. All right. Well, I'm talking while you're scrubbing. It, the whole culmination of of the film and her character and everything was the decision to reject this life in Tokyo that she thought she was supposed to be enjoying. Like she thought uh, this was like her living her life in Tokyo. Like I said, like to me, that was her struggling to bite through the pineapple. So she goes, uh, she rejects that and stays in the village with Toshio and with the family, like in the farm life. Cause this was like the one true fulfilling thing that she's like felt a part of and that's why her reminiscing about herself as a fifth grader why that was like like a crucial narrative and character thread throughout the movie i mean i don't know that's my uh, if Read that's the it. case, then you're playing with a little bit more information than I had. <laughs> I, I, I think it's only the ending and the like culmination of her character. But like I said, I cut it off at the end. <laughs> uh, there was uh, apparently a little bit more oh, to man. it. So I'm scrubbing back through. I'm at the <laughs> end right now. Uh, yeah. So I'm watching her get on the train. There's that old dude fanning himself and like wiping, wiping the sweat off his chest. Uh, let me like. My, yeah, okay, yeah, credits are rolling, and I saw, like, all the little kids, uh, and I was like, okay, cool, that's the end. Yeah, and, like, it was a great scene, like, little, little Tycho is, like, tugging on her shoulder, and, and that's, like, the spiritual, like, I don't know, moment of realization where she's like, I need to get off this train. And then, like, and then she's, fall- and then I she's, see her, like, she goes across the platform, gets on another train. And now it's headed back to the countryside. Yes. Okay. Well, look, <laughs> I cut it off a little bit too early, it looks like. Because as soon as she got on the train and the credits started rolling, I was like, oh, so that's it. Wow. It, 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, because I was very look <laughs> that being said. I was all for this like friendship, potential romance between Taiko and uh, Toshio and like her reminiscing about the the dirty little kid Abe and uh, like how she felt so guilty about uh, the fact that this kid never wanted to shake her hand at the end of his time with her at school or whatever. And Toshio's just like, that's not how I see it. Or based on what you're telling me, it's very obvious that he had a crush on you. He liked you and he just couldn't bear saying goodbye to you. So he didn't care if he said goodbye to everyone else, but he had to be the swaggering bad boy who who is aloof and didn't want to shake your hand because mm-hmm. he cared about you so much. Yeah. And like hearing that. Tycho sort of like takes that in and she's like, huh, maybe that I mean, and then she has this other memory of seeing him on the street or seeing Abe on the street with his dad Mm. and he acts out in front of her and it all sort of dawns on uh, Tycho in that moment. And that's when I was like, oh, so, I mean, for the most part, am I led to believe like she's an unreliable narrator as far as it comes to her memories of the past, which I feel like we all are in some sense, whenever we think back to, a memory of like 16, 15 years ago, like we all know, like in our heads, it felt just like only yesterday as Tycho said herself. Mm -hmm. But then you're met with a friend and you're talking to them and they're like, no, it didn't happen that way. You came in a little bit later. So-and-so fell down before you even got there. And I mean, your mind plays tricks on you, the older that you, the older you get. And yeah. with all these other influences and everything and your own social anxieties or the way your brain warps things. So in that moment, I felt like, so a lot of these memories, maybe they're conflated in her mind. Maybe it didn't happen this way. I don't know. It, it just sort of felt like I couldn't really like my whole issue was a lot of the flashbacks and had I finished the movie, quote unquote, finished the movie, had I done that. <laughs> what does that, it mean to finish a movie? <laughs> right. When, I mean, look, as a Marvel buff, I should have known. I should have sat through. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I mean, I the, the, there were still images happening on screen. I Do you know how many times there are still images happening on screens when credits roll on these Ghibli movies? Always. Uh, I never once. No. Look. Uh, all right. All I'm saying is. Like I said previously, mm-hmm. her 27-year-old self felt more real to me. It like yeah. I could appreciate that way more than I could the flashbacks. Yeah. And had I quote unquote finished the movie, mm-hmm. maybe I would have appreciated I, the flashbacks that much more. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. So I definitely think that I, I would have yeah, it would have been great if you had that final character moment to like come into the conversation with but yeah for me i think that it would be a completely different film without the flashbacks i think the flashbacks is what because kind of what you were just saying with her being an unreliable narrator it's like i think it's less of being an unreliable narrator and more that she's the type of person who we learn over the course of the film that She's justifying all these things from Mm -hmm. her past, uh, like, you know, specifically 
I think one of the big ones, which you already brought up earlier, was her justifying not being able to pursue acting. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's she's justifying all these things. And I think her making that decision at the end is what finally clicks everything into place of she's justifying her like she's still justifying. She, she's been justifying her whole life um, with all these different things. Um, and yeah, her life in Tokyo as the quote unquote independent woman at, you know, some, you know, wasting her life away at some random uh, company. It's like, it's just another justification. Um, so to me, that's why I feel like, I mean, on a standalone basis, I did really enjoy all the, um, the flashbacks, like as it was happening before I had the, you know, the full picture I enjoyed but, some of the flashbacks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's two hours. Two hours is a long movie for like a pretty, for a drama, you know, like a character, like a slower character drama. So I definitely get that. Um, and I actually enjoyed, uh, like one of the flashbacks I enjoyed the most was where she bumps into her crush on the street. And he just mm -hmm. has like that little question for her, like, do you like sunny days or cloudy days? And she says cloudy days. And he's like, yeah, me too. And then like he runs off and she sort of like starts to walk on air and then like flies all the way home and floats in the bed. I yeah. thought that was great. You know, mm -hmm. I thought that was it was like a cool little um, like twist on how you feel as a child talking to someone that you like mm -hmm. and who you think likes you back. And I think I would have appreciated a little bit more of that in the story that would have i think mm. you it would have made the two hours like yeah, yeah. not feel I, as as daunting yeah i i can see desiring that especially since well you know it's 91 certain things hadn't happened yet in, sure, in sure. Ghibli's thing. But, you know, for you and I watching these movies, it's like we're kind of expecting the maybe like the when Marnie was there kind of magical realism of. Yeah. And it's I mean, well, not it, not it, just well, in terms of what you're saying about she didn't literally fly or any like fly right. home. But you, you're, you're talking in her memory in yeah, her I, mind's eye. That's how it felt for her. Yeah. So I would have appreciated in her memories. There were there was more like a surreal type nature or like a whimsical mm. type thing where not everything exactly that she's remembering as we're seeing it is how it happened. But that's how it felt type of situation. You know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um I mean, maybe let's uh, detour a little from the narrative. I mean, we, I mean, kind of what we you were just mentioning was that bit of animation. But what what generally, I'm curious to see what you thought. Like, all, I didn't notice any. I don't think any of this was in the present day stuff. But in all the flashbacks, it kind of had this like watercolor watercolor where like the yeah. sky and the borders are all kind of white. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was a really interesting, um, yeah, just like an interesting way to do the flashbacks, and it probably saved them a lot, a lot of money. Definitely, too, but. I mean, and then like, yeah, in the in the flashbacks, everyone is drawn like with sort of like thin lines, whereas in the present day, everyone is like got that crisp Ghibli type look where everything mm -hmm. is pretty much like well defined and. 
it was cool to see that uh, that contrast, and I enjoyed I enjoyed the flashbacks in nature in that nature of like that animation style. And I feel like I I appreciated the current day stuff, the 1982 version of things, all that much more because I didn't realize how much of it, like how much that I had been missing. So I was looking mm. at the flashbacks and I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to Tycho as a 27 year old going to the countryside. And then there's so much detail to everything. Everything is like all these hard lines and um, and modern things. And it's just like there's a lot of care that went into both the flashbacks and present day mm-hmm. and in different ways. You know, I mean, I feel like it takes a lot to be able to still convey what something is supposed to be when you're trying to like take sort of a minimalist approach or like try to convey that this is a memory. Uh, yeah. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed the animation on mm-hmm. both fronts. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I'm glad that at least <laughs> We we talked about the. Hey, if it weren't for you, I never would have finished this. Movie, the true so the true ending. Um, maybe I saved this from being like F tier in your mind. Oh with, yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think I I definitely understand kind of your perspective on it. But yeah, I think ultimately we had different experiences. I'll tell you this. The, okay. There was some fat here that could have been trimmed. You trim that fat, it bumps it up an, a whole grade for me. I'm not hmm. sure where it's at right now, but there when, is there's right. When are we getting the Dom edit? I, I'll tell you. It's when we cut out all that period talk. And right? it, the kids it, don't need it. They don't yeah. need to know anything about it. Right. Definitely cut that out. And let me ask you this. The ending. Is it going to end, end on the sweaty guy just like wiping his head and then? Yes. And then yeah, that's it. Because you know what? That alludes to climate change and what we're going to yeah. have to deal with in the future. So and, I'm getting people ready. Yeah. And will you put like a Poochie the dog like end title and be like, Tycho went flew. back to Tokyo and <laughs> yes. became CEO. And then. Yeah. 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 And you just see her holding like two bags of money, you know? Yeah. Like two sacks. <laughs> um, also, I would just do um, a super slow-mo of the dad like slapping Tycho. And then it would just repeat like every 10 seconds. Yeah. So that would be the Dom edit. Uh, yeah. I thought it was wild. I mean, but hey, that makes sense though. Like back in the sixties, post world war two or whatever, the dad just being this stern figure yeah. who doesn't speak. And it's just like, you will do none of this. You will, you will not act. There will be no performers in my family. He was just, I mean, iron fist, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was, I mean, I assume it still happens today, but definitely in the 60s, I don't think it so. was. You're probably right. Um, but yeah, back in the 60s, I mean, that was, yeah, it was sort of like any decision that needs to be made, let's let's find dad. Defer to father. And like, he, and we he, have no autonomy. Yeah, and he's just reading his fucking newspaper somewhere in the house. And then he's just like, where's my meal? As he's sitting at the table. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, but- he's wor- he, he's working all day. That's true. That is true. Um, all right. Well, uh, well, yeah, well, actually, this isn't you, you, we sort of 
touched on this briefly, but just in terms of uh, this sub or this dub, sorry. Um, yeah, what I mean, what did you think about Daisy and Dev? Because you mentioned the the British thing, and my girlfriend and I watched this together, and we were talking about that, and I think we both kind of like landed on the justification of the British accent, maybe just being like. I don't know how intentional it was just because, well, cause I thought it was interesting cause they're both English, you know? So the fact that they made, they made the choice for Daisy Ridley to do an American English accent. Daisy Ridley is English. Yeah. Hey, wait. Yeah. Wait, let me, let me look it up. Was yeah. Daisy Ridley, the lady yeah, from uh, those star Wars movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... She, yeah, she's English, but so the fact that one was doing their native accent and one wasn't, I, I think we sort of landed on it being maybe just a way to be like, well, because there's different accents and dialects in Japan. So uh, that was our best was sh- guess. I thought it was shoddy and sloppy because you get Dev who's using his uh, English accent, but he's supposed to be related to the rest of the people that. Um, well, it's her in-laws. They're not blood related. It's no, it's uh, oh, that they aren't yeah. doing an English accent. Yeah. And, um, but they're related yeah. to Toshio. Yeah. So I'm like, so w- what's the deal with this kid? He grew eh. up in the countryside with the rest of them, but they all speak perfect. Like they speak regular American Anglo-Saxon yeah. English. And he's like speaking the Queens. Uh, he was what, like Jimmy uh, really he, dropped. He the was ball. Wa- I mean, we saw him in his car. He was listening to like Turkish music. He's a man of the world. We don't know what he is. He, he's like Madonna. He he watched like a couple <laughs> British movies, yeah. and he I don't know. He talks like this now, love. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, um, I mean, I am never going to complain about hearing Dev Patel or seeing mm. Dev Patel. Yeah. He, he never got his shine on the teen uh, drama Skins, mm. which we will someday watch. I mean, to know that he went from that to this and to everything that he's done since, it's amazing. But yeah, no. Uh, eh. It wasn't uh, It I w- wasn't the best dub no. work, but that's no, no fault of the base film no. in my eyes. I but- yeah, um, I would have loved to have heard uh, an American accent from him. You know, I would have liked to have seen if he could even well, do that in the Dom edit. He re redub it. Well, I don't have Dev's cadence. You know, I don't have his gravitas. Well, yeah, fair enough. Damn, you're supposed to argue with uh, me and say like. I mean, I wow. imagine you're gonna have a huge budget for this Dom edit. So, I mean, you could just hire a new voice actor, get Dev back. Okay. All right, I'll be his Bring voice back. coach. He'll definitely yeah. want to do this again. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, what else has he got going on? Green Knight 2? No. <laughs> right. Um, all right, well, I suppose um, another... Hey, look, another split in the Ghibli marathon between Dom and I. Um, <sighs> you hate to see it. I I can't remember. Do we rank these both at the end or after we talk about each one? At the end. Okay. Like we always, yeah, we take a look at everything right. while we do it. All right. Um, do we want <laughs> to move on to uh, the Michael Keaton of it all? No, I figured we could just, you know, talk about professional wrestling for a little bit. Hmm. Uh, I am hardcore 
like into like 1998 to 2001 SmackDown era WWF, now known as WWE. We had Stone Cold Steve Austin. We Mm -hmm. had The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. We had The Rock. Mm -hmm. uh, D-Generation X, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Do you have any uh, like favorites? Definitely Gravedigger. Grave, I think that's a monster truck. Okay. That's not even a fucking then wrestler. That's all I knew, so I, I don't know. What? <laughs> I was going to say, there's some guy, I forget what his name was, but his whole shtick, like his whole character, was that he was essentially uh, a porn star. That was his, like he wasn't in real life, yeah. but his final move was called the money shot. And nice. he had this... Uh, like super soaker gun that he would shoot people with and it had like white liquid that came out and no one oh was it Shawn Michaels no it wasn't Shawn Michaels I'll look it up but uh yeah I guess we can talk about Porco Rosso if you want you want to get into that yeah I mean where do you start it's a pig in the sky when pigs fly, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no. Um, so yeah, set in Italy, your your native country, I, your motherland. Yeah, I had tears in my eyes this whole movie. Just I figured you were. This was, you're yeah. leaning back on your bed playing the accordion. <laughs> uh, your girlfriend is feeding you spaghetti, uh, <laughs> and you you guys were you're enjoying it. It. I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't know that it was what I had in mind, but it was it was kind of surreal. I mean, yeah, yeah, it would have to be surreal. And the whole thing. OK, the fact that he was a pig and like a pilot. When I saw that, I assumed there would be other animals in right. the world. Who yeah. Were also like it was. Know? Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting kind of way to go about it because I th- I thought the same thing too. I didn't really know what to think in terms of if everyone was animals, I didn't really know. Uh but yeah, cuz unless I missed some other little piece of information, they only really like or well no, sorry. I take that early on they referred to it as like a curse, but then at the end mm-hmm. we see that it was like this kind of we don't learn anything more about it, but that it was some sort of supernatural event where he like almost goes to heaven but then comes down and he's just a pig yeah but then there's also the thing where was it in his head this entire time or was it like other people were referring to it yeah other people were calling him a pig and whatnot but there was at one point theo uh theo who was the best girl she looked at him and she saw his regular face. She saw Marco in, at one point in the movie. This was yeah, way before that, the end where she kissed yeah, him too. Yeah. I mean, that was just, yeah. I mean, perhaps I, I remember that scene, I guess in my head, that was just sort of like in that brief moment, hmm. she saw his real face. And then it like, I thought it went back. And, and then, cause like at the very end, him and, uh, uh, what's his fucking Curtis. face? Curtis was like, wait a minute, your face. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought that to me was sort of like he had finally gotten his human body back after that final fight or whatever. Um, but either way, um, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting choice to just sort of be like, he's a pig in the world. Um, and that's just what it is. But 
Yeah. Uh, overall, I did enjoy it. We perhaps are more aligned on this. Um, in terms of just general enjoyment, I thought it was like a pretty enjoyable romp. I would classify yeah. this as a romp. Um, nah, yeah, it was a romp. It was. I. I mean, I. I think. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'll. Maybe this will be our split. But I feel like in oh, terms boy. of Ghibli figures in the Ghibli verse <laughs> uh, that we've seen. I mean, I. I feel like. Uh, I feel like. Um, what do they call him in the movie? Marco. What's his name? Marco. Yeah, Marco Porco. Marco whatever. Por- yeah. I feel like, I mean, he's got to be like the coldest. Oh, you mean like just like ice runs in his yeah. veins type motherfucker? Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I mean, that lends itself to the fact that he, Keaton's voicing him. Yeah, I actually I actually did take <laughs> He had a couple lines that. Oh, he had the really, best fucking lines. Really got one. to me. Wait, let me find these. If, I mean, if one of them isn't, I'd rather be a pig than a fascist. Like, oh, what yeah. are we doing here? Um, yeah, I mean, one was just like a simple one. Just sorry, baby. You got to fly. Ah, yeah. Uh, and then there was one I, I want to. Rew- I didn't rewind it, but I want to rewind it because I couldn't hear what came before it. Like he was talking to someone on the phone. Uh, the oh, God, what's her name? Fia- Wait, who was Fio? Gina. Gina. Uh, Fio or, is who the was the one who pilot, owned like the hotel? The in- uh, I think he was talking to her. Whatever he was, he was. Gina? He was talking to one of the women of the film, mm-hmm. and he said some. He said he said some line, and she said something like, "Oh, like is that a this quote?" And he said, "No, it's it's a porco." Yeah, it's a porco. Like he's he's quoting himself. Yes. Um, things. Yeah, like, that's when he was talking to Gina. Yeah, things like that. There was just a lot of little gems. Uh, there was that uh, one that I'm going to use anytime there's like any type of police brutality from here on out. Okay. Um, and it's when he went, he like after he crash landed, he's in hiding. Uh, he goes to uh, the guy like the the uh, mechanic to fix his plane up and the mechanic shows him the Ghibli, the gun or whatever. Yeah. That he's going to put in in the in his new plane and porco picks up uh this big ass gun and the mechanic says something about the law he's like it's against the law to carry a gun that big and porco just says laws don't mean nothing to a pig (laughs) and he's holding this gigantic gun yeah that's it's perfect yeah Um, fucking knocked it out of the park oh um, yeah it was that's like a stroke of brilliance in yeah. uh in casting um but yeah i mean we we finally saw the titular studio ghibli, ghibli. yeah um Man. yeah but yeah i mean this was like i i could be mistaken so this was 92 right um i feel like this has got to be the first well unless there's some movie that came before this that we haven't seen yet in the in the lineup but because obviously Miyazaki is like obsessed with fucking planes like mm-hmm. Ghibli gets its name from you know the plane engine the, yeah, yeah, uh, no, yeah. the world uh, that whole world and everything so I feel like this was his first kind of like full on aviation 
Mm. Like he can just go hog wild, if you will. <laughs> um, Got him. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think for that alone, like just a lot of the, I mean, you can see how much like, I mean, he he, you know, these Miyazaki directed films, he's obviously never like holding back on the beauty of whatever he's animating. But I feel like you could definitely sense like passion, like a lot of passion just in the animation of these like dog fights and oh, ju- yeah. just like the little intricacies of how the planes move and like his obsession with like you see the little switches the and the cranks yeah. and like there's just so many little um details that we've come to expect but just knowing in the back of our minds that like Miyazaki is like a huge uh aviation nut kind oh, yeah. made it a pretty enjoyable experience but um yeah, I mean, this was like, it was a pretty, um, I think this was ba- this was based on something. Um, this wasn't an original work. I think it was some sort of, oh, it was a 15-page watercolor manga. Oh, really? Oh, wait, by, oh, was by, it, by it was by Miyazaki. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, because I felt like most of his are original works, whereas there have been other Studio Ghibli films um, that we've covered that are- yeah. I, that are based off manga, like uh, only yesterday is based off of a manga, right? Um, I th- I do think that most of Miyazaki's stuff is original, but Kiki's and right, right, right. Uh, God, I thought there was one more. What other Miyazaki have we watched? Mm, no, yeah, yeah. I guess so far it was just Kiki's, um, yeah. but yeah, no. So okay, that's interesting. So. Yeah, but this was like a very um, kind of like it had a very uh, I don't know what the right word is like a swashbuckling. Yeah, yeah, kind definitely. of advent. Uh, it was very. This was very much like a childlike pulpy. kind it was of pulpy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This was like in the vein of like what they were aiming for with like Indiana Jones, like the kind of old serials of yeah some like heroic adventure character who's kind of caught up there's that shitty movie with uh that i remember it being um like people were talking about it because all of it was shot in front of a green screen the first movie all shot in front of a green screen Mm. you know which movie i'm talking about the aviation movie Yes, yeah, Sky oh, Captain and the yeah, World of Tomorrow. That, wait, that was the one with uh, Jude, Ewan McGregor. Jude oh, Law? Was, no, Jude Law, Angelina Jolie, Gwyneth right. Paltrow. They were all in it, and it fucking sucked. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I never saw it. Dude, that was, I think, the I'll first movie I fell asleep in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. No, but yeah, for yeah, sure. That I, had the, I do the same I do, vibe. To I definitely it. remember the style and the aesthetic of it, and that, yeah. that was a very much like a. 1930s 40s kind of like throwback yeah thing. like uh our boys overseas are flying high <laughs> and giving it to the krauts like that type of vibe to it yeah uh and that's essentially what they're trying to or that's what miyazaki excelled at doing with this it it was like a wartime pulp era like movie and mm-hmm. it's this one guy who is a pilot who is essentially like a vigilante he he does what needs doing when no one else will. He goes up against the pirates. And 
don't know. He's the and it it made me wonder like why exactly was he cursed to look like a pig? Was it just because like he was the only one that survived of his like crew of his buddies and he felt like shame in that because he felt like he should have died along with everyone else. Mm. It wasn't very clear to me as to why he was a pig now. Yeah. I mean, we never really, yeah, we never really get a clear answer on that, but I I think my intuition is that it's something kind of close to what you said, where he's got some sort of survivor's guilt and, or something along those lines. And yeah, I mean, he mentions all throughout the film that, you know, he has all this kind of like regret sort of, you know, with uh-huh. for flying for flying for Italy and, you know, he doesn't want to be a fascist and all this stuff. So I think he probably it's probably a symbolic kind of self-imposed image uh-huh that he thinks of himself as a pig and he's kind of living this, you know, um, life that you'd expect from a character like this, where he lives in this little Island or what is it? Like a little Island in like a kind of open air cave thing. And he only works alone. He doesn't want to work with anyone else. And he, you know, kind of gets wrapped up into this, uh, it's like a rivalry, but it's also like, you know, higher, higher stakes in that, you know, he kind of gets wrapped up into this, uh, thing by, uh, an American, uh, pilot to kind of take him out of the skies, but by, um, by, uh, Carrie Elwes. From, Prin- yeah, Curtis. from uh, Princess Bride fame. Also, um, I did like a fan cast. If this were ever to be acted out in live action. Uh, yeah, I'm sure over Miyazaki's dead body, but mm. I'm just I'm, sp- I'm spitballing here. Um, yeah. Porco Rosso. Jonah Hill. <laughs> um, he'd, I, I imagine he'd have to be someone would have to dub over the Jonah Hill voice. Or do you want Jonah Hill? I'm not looking for like nasally Jonah Hill, but I feel like Jonah, he could give it to us if he needed to. Hmm. You know, he could give it to us. Also, Curtis, Bill Hader. He's got the anatomy down. Like he, he's, he's got everything down. What do you yeah, mean he's well, got the anatomy? He he does. He, he looks like uh, Curtis. Yeah, he yeah. fucking does. I, I agree with that casting. The Jonah Hill. You don't see the vision. That's your problem. You don't see the vision. But look, I am I'm a tastemaker out here. This is why I have this podcast is so that way I can mm-hmm. get my vision out there. More people can see it. Fair enough. You are a naysayer, but I already got you on the hook with Bill Hader. Now, I'm going to ask you to Google Elizabeth DeBecky. All right. She played Elizabeth. Uh, she played Jordan in Baz Luhrmann's The Great Gatsby. Ah. I think she would be perfect as the the French lounge singer Gina, who who all yes. of her former lovers died at sea as pilots. Like Porco needs to stay fucking far away from her. She's a black widow as far as I'm concerned. But Elizabeth Debicki as Gina. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I can see it. She's yeah, yeah. Damn right. I, good, good job. What do you, what do you Thank really you. say? Uh, here's my my casting choice for young Theo. Okay, Haley Steinfeld. I mean, she's got a pedigree with Ghibli. She was uh, Anna in um, when Marnie was there. Sure. I agree. But uh, yeah, she'd be I, but yeah, you got to shoot this thing like next year. She's she might be getting know, too old aging. for the role. She's aging every day. She's 28 now. Ah, uh, she can still play a teenager. She just played a teenager in Marvel. No, I think she's like 19, but um well, you don't want to cast too young though because Jonah Hill's like almost 40. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I mean, you might and, have to you might have to like work around that storyline a little bit just mm. to uh for today, I'll make her 21. For today's audiences, you don't. Oh, yeah. I can't. She can't be 17. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to get canceled. Uh, but the mechanic who fixed up Porco's plane. Well, not uh, the mechanics or Theo's grandfather, Rick Moranis. You're going to pull Rick Moranis off the bench? I'm pulling Rick Moranis off that, the bench, that's baby. Gonna be, you're going to need like the entire budget to get him. It's time back in the Look, ring. He's done. He's done grieving. It's time to get back. Oh my God. I'm just saying it's Rick Moranis. Hey, That's yeah, sure. Rick, we need you. We need you for this like side role. We'll this need could you for be like his a day. Oscar. This could be, this could be, yeah, this could be what gets him back in the conversation of greatest actors of all time. A conversation he was never in, but he deserves to be in with this project. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. Who who's uh the uh what was his name? Capo? Was that the like main pirate? The big pirate? Yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Ah. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Or it could be uh Joe Manganiello. Uh um mm. to get some Italian blood up in this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, we could get that guy cuz he was on True Blood for a few years. He can grow a big bushy beard. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, because I don't think The Rock does villains very well, but mm. we could put him in there, I guess. Uh, well, he's going to yeah. prove us all wrong with Black oh, with Adam. Black Adam. Oh, I, I sent out a tweet a while ago, and it was mainly that I'd watched the Black Adam trailer yesterday, and I completely forgot because I, I rewatched it, and I was like, shit, I watched this yesterday, and I forgot everything that I saw in the trailer. That movie's, I mean, I don't think it's going to bomb, but. No one's going to be talking about it after a week of it being out. Yeah, I won't be talking about it. Obviously, I won't you'll see be it. too busy talking about Morbius too. Ooh, Morbin time. Morbin time. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, speaking of DC movies, are you hyped for everything that Ezra Miller is doing right now? <laughs> he, I mean, they could just create a new DC villain and it's just himself. Like just, it's just newsreels of yeah, what Ezra's like, doing. It'd be the cheapest movie to make. Yeah, just get all the newsreels. Um, maybe cast someone to do some reenactments. But no, I mean, yeah, he, he's. I don't know. This this could be he's going um, method mm. for uh, like he's up next to play the Joker or something. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's doing, but it's. He's living his best life, I think. He's mm. he's on a compound should, right now, like cut, like surrounded by weed and guns. Yeah, I think we all need to take a page 
out of, out of Ezra's Ezra's book. Ezra's book of wisdom. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, and I'm sorry if I misgendered them. He or Ezra goes by they them pronouns. Just saying. I'm not looking to get sure. canceled over my Ezra tapes. Yeah, you wouldn't right? want to cancel a, or you wouldn't want to get canceled over being disrespectful to like a huge fucking asshole. But I, yeah, from your mouth to God's ears, I would not want that. All right. Mm. So yeah, Porco Rosso. Uh, what a movie. Yeah, I mean, this pig's got attitude. He's got, um. But yeah, well, how did you feel about, because I feel like uh, in a weird way, I kind of got, in terms of like pacing, I got some like similar vibes with the Matrix. With this to definitely the Matrix. Uh, with um, Kiki's delivery service a little bit, just in hmm. that things are kind of going along and then it just takes this big kind of, I mean, detour, but in a positive way, I think where, you know, his plane goes down and then it feels like a quarter or like a third of the movie is him kind of just dealing with that, just trying to like build a new plane just so he can do this thing again, where I feel like in Kiki's, you had a seem like you had a bit of an issue with the fact that we spent so much time on like you know, just a couple of her deliveries um, yeah. where it couldn't cover like a huge, like too much ground. So I, I, maybe I was just, it's not like a one-to-one comparison or anything, but I was just curious, like what you thought about this. I didn't it, it mind taking it so only much because, time. yeah, I really didn't mind it only because they made all of the surrounding characters feel so lived in. Whereas with Kiki's, uh, there's just, there was the woman whose uh, shop she was living above and the little dorky kid with the propeller on his bike. Those felt like two characters, but I really did not know them. Whereas in Porco's, I am getting to know Theo better. I'm sitting around this big ass table while these uh, like Italian women make uh, spaghetti out of a big pot. He's going to the movies. He's chilling. He's doing all these other things. Mm-hmm. It just felt like this was more fleshed out. You're also seeing a little bit more Curtis as he's going to talk to Gina and trying to like win her her over. It it just these are like you said, it's not a one one comparison, but there are similar beats here. And while watching this movie and the plane went down, it felt like I don't know, the stakes, they were similar, but they weren't the same. It felt as though while poor it I, I actually felt like Porco was in danger after his plane went down and he was trying to get it fixed because he was in hiding. If anyone found who he was, if anyone discovered that he was still alive, all this stuff, he could be fucked up. Whereas with Kiki, when she lost her powers and she was sort of like in this depression, it really didn't feel that dire to me. It was like just a slice of life type situation. So, hmm. yeah. Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, I don't know. Where do you want to go from here? I mean, cause, cause that's kind of, uh, yeah. Cause after that, we kind of get back into, we talked about the kind of like his sort of remembering or, well, that actually happened when he, 
he was telling the story to Theo, right? Uh-huh. When he recounted his thing, but then that was like right before the big showdown. Like it was like the night yeah. before. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what. I don't know. I feel thinking? like we've eh, we've talked about the movie a lot, just not yeah. in order. Um, we both enjoyed it. It was mm-hmm. like a like you said, it was a romp. It was a romp. Yeah. Uh, there's not much in the way of like character development. Um, Porco, he does what he has to do at the beginning of the movie. He does what he has to do at the end of the movie. He's he's just got to fly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pig's got to fly. So yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't really have it, much more to say. It's mm-hmm. a good movie. I yeah, I I definitely agree. I maybe feel like, and maybe if I listen to some more people or watch or listen or read some more takes on this, like more in depth. Um, maybe I'll, I'll change my mind, but this definitely, and there's nothing wrong with this, but it, this definitely felt like a bit more of an exercise in style than trying to really dig at something deeper. Not that that's necessary. You don't have to do that, but in terms of like the specifically Miyazaki, movies we've watched so far like he's always trying to get at something deeper there's usually some amount of like subtext to the themes and and everything that's being explored and there's like some things here like with his past and the pig allegories and all that which could maybe count but it felt a little more understated and definitely more of like this is just Miyazaki getting to go nuts with a fun aviation story, but maybe I'm really missing some like deep stuff that I'll have to like revisit at some point. But yeah, that, I think that's ultimately where I'm coming down on it. It was right. Yeah. It was a romp. Yeah. Nothing wrong with romp. Um, uh, all right. Well, what do you, what do you think? You want to get into the, Oh my God. The, Look, the I can't tier wait. List. Oh. I can't fucking wait to get into these rankings. Let's get into it. Damn. Let's do right. it. Uh well, we were just talking about Porco Rosso. Let's let's start there. Is this S or S plus for you? It's gonna be a low B for me. Okay. Low B. Uh fair enough. I feel like I am right there with you. Do we have anything else in B right now? Um well, when Marnie was there, hmm. which see, now we're getting into tricky territory because I liked when Marnie was there more sure. than Poco oh, yeah. Rosso. But yeah, but is, that's what is, I'm saying. It's low B, so it yeah. needs to be lower than when Marnie was there. Okay. I just thought at one point we said that we weren't doing like a B is a B and that we're not like ranking them oh. in the rankings. I thought you said that. Oh. If I did say that, you know me. I'm a fucking hypocrite. I go back on my words so often. Mm. Like, look, man, classic Leo. All right. Uh, I don't know if that's the thing, <laughs> but I'd be willing to make the argument that uh, the rank is the rank, but there should be rankings to their rank. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if they're in. Sure. If they're in the B tier, there can be like. You know, Porco Rosso below when Marnie was there. 
because that's hmm. it is. I'm sorry. Just based off vibes, just based off the vibes, Nathaniel, my brother in Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we right. both know Porco Rosso was fine, but it didn't mm-hmm. fuck us up like when Marnie was there. Right, right, right. Um, okay, fair enough. It it is sitting below um <laughs> Below when Marnie was there. Is that a B minus? Mm. I don't know. It's just lower than when Marnie was there. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Um, and I have Kiki's delivery service in B. That's those are the only other movie films Ooh, in B. I put it in C, didn't I? No, you put it in D. Wow. Below Ocean Tough Waves. Hey, hey. I feel like Ocean Waves do? is slowly gonna reach S <laughs> on your tier. <laughs> like every time we do an episode, you're like. I liked Ocean Waves more. I don't know what to say. I like the potential of what Ocean no, Waves could have been. That. Yeah. You can't no, you can't you can't hide behind that anymore. Until we get okay. like no. It's it's revisionist history. The movie is the is movie. It? Revisionist history was made in the nineties, man. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, look, with the HIV epidemic, the AIDS scare, like people weren't ready, Nathaniel. Uh, queer coding is yeah. real. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Look. It, I I can't say that this isn't true because they are the filmmakers, but this feels mm. a little bit in the ballpark like, of Lena Wachowski coming out uh, all this time later oh. and saying that Although, the matrix was actually this thing that no one trans allegory that no one picked up on for like it's 20 not years that no one picked up on it because uh i'm not was, saying it's not true but go go no, ahead all i'm saying was i was listening to a podcast about the matrix and do you remember the blonde haired character who dressed in all white yeah in the first matrix mm-hmm. her name was switch specifically because uh-huh. originally it was planned for her to be a male in the matrix, but a female like in mm. like the real world or whatever. So mm. that's where that came from. But the studio nixed that. Okay. I mean, sure. I believe that it sounds like a character though, and not like the theme yeah. of the entire movie. <sighs> I look, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying, Ocean waves, we can look at it. Look, I'm getting canceled over misgendering. Uh, Ezra Miller, you're getting canceled over your Matrix takes. Hey, it, it, that's I fair enough. Thought, We're on the same page. I never thought Wasteland anime would go down like this. That's all I'm saying. All right. Either way, Ocean Waves is going to be number one on Dom's <laughs> tier list at the end of no this all. Way. Um, all right. There's let's, no way. Let, let's just let's get to it here. Uh uh only yesterday mm, hit me c okay i thought you were gonna go d with it no no like especially after having oh the, the, ending, the ending. context yeah 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 after actually watching the ending uh yeah no uh it's a c it's a c uh because while i had my problems with it I could like I would have done things a little differently. I would have reworked some stuff. I would have cut some things. But uh, ultimately, I did enjoy the message. Uh, so, yeah, mm. see. OK, but I didn't love it. So, yeah. sure. Uh, for now, I'm putting it in B. Wow. You you're gracious. You're gracious with your ratings. Very <laughs> gracious. Uh, so is it gracious. B is it B that gracious? I don't know. Ah. 
I feel um, like it's above I, average. I feel like at a certain point, I'm going to have to revisit some of these bees. I don't know how I feel about all these bees being in here. Yeah, man, you I, got I feel Kiki's, like you got I, Kiki's in B. I'm thinking that, I don't know, of these four, like, and I definitely feel stronger about some of these four than others. So I well, feel list like, them off, like list off the four. I feel stronger about Marnie, Kiki's, and Only Yesterday than I do Porco Rosso. Wow. Uh, I don't, so are you I dropping don't, Porco to C? No, I, I think if anything, I would raise one of them to A. I don't know about all of them. Maybe maybe one of them. You got your goddamn mind if you raise Kiki's or Only Yesterday to A. That's all I'm saying. When Marnie was there... There's an argument that could be made that puts it to A. There's an argument for that. Mm. Like it's a high B. I'll give you that. Okay. Well, high we'll B, I haven't done A. anything yet, but this is why we're putting our names. You put Kiki's in D and I'm just sitting here and I'm right. not saying shit about it. You right. I did. You right. That's wild. I stand on that. Ten toes to that. Ten toes to the ground. All right. Uh, yeah, I didn't love it. I mean, it's not F, but oh my god! I mean, what? Yeah, what? No, hey, it's 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 your life. <laughs> All right, Bon Jovi. Um, you remember that banger? It's your life. It's now on now. You remember that? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, how could I forget? I know. I just sang it perfectly. Um, all right, well, there you have it, folks. I, we gotta I, we gotta pick some. I don't know. Ones. We we got a wild list going here. We got double oh titles. My god. All minor and S, all doms are in F, except for Ocean Waves, which is Dom's S right now. So wild list, wild list. Uh oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh I went first last week, so oh, I will we gotta give pick. you the floor. Oh my god, yeah, I'm nervous. I'll I didn't have anything floor, planned please. this week. I, I'm playing it fast and loose right now. Oh boy. So you want me to go first, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay. I am going to choose. Wait, I had one in mind. Where did it go? Uh, mm, well, you, you you said you have one in mind, right? No, I usually just go you out don't. vibes. No. Okay. Because I, I have two I could go with, but I, just I didn't know one. if you had a Miyazaki one. Um, I, I never look to see who does it. All right. All right. I'm, I'm going to go with Castle in the Sky then. Wow. Okay. I didn't think you were going to go that way, but Castle in the Sky. What did you think I was going right. to do? Um, I'm not going to tell you just in case like you okay. want to, but I, I was hovering over one right now and I was like, if he picks this, like only because last week I picked Porco yeah, Rosso yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, I was going to do that. I was going to say like, we are tapped in. What were you hovering? What are you hovering over? I'm not going to tell you. I'm it, not so going to tell you. it was a Miyazaki joint. I don't know that it was a Miyazaki. Okay. I, like I said, All I right. never looked to see if Miyazaki All did. All right. All right. Um, let me see what I'm going to pick. You know what? I'm doing a Miyazaki. I think it's a Miyazaki. We're doing two it Miyazakis. Ooh. Well, what Should is we? it? Maybe it's not Should Miyazaki. We? I mean, I feel like it is just based off of the cover art. Like, I can tell okay. that it is. You can't tell if me what it not, is? I mean, I'm going to, but okay. what I'm saying is, should we do two Miyazakis or should I pick something else? Uh, well, that was my thing. If you were going to pick a Miyazaki, I was going to go with oh, something else. Okay. I will pick... I, Hold on. I'm going to check to see if Miyazaki did this. All right. Let me go to the credits. 
how do I see the credits? Well, see you can just, I, oh, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I'm looking, I'm looking, right. I'm looking right now. All right. Oh, this is also Miyazaki. God damn it. <sighs> yeah. I mean, <sighs> how many did he not do? He did. You know? He did most of them. Well, then do you we want, can't. I, I could revoke Castle in the Sky and nah, do nah, something nah. else. Castle in the Sky stays. Ca- you know, this is going to be the first time we go head to head with a Miyazaki. Okay. Oh, I'm going shit. head to fucking head All with right. a Miyazaki. All right. I'm going from up on Poppy Hill. Okay, that's the other Miyazaki. His son? His brother? And Who is it? This is his son. Ah, uh, nice. And I will have you know that I was, that was my other one. It was up on Poppy Hill. <laughs> we're tapped in. I was hovering over that. I was like, if this motherfucker picks it, we're tapped in. Yeah. Love but, to hear it. Love to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for some reason I thought, I don't know why I thought you knew that. But yeah, Goro Miyazaki. Well, Miyazaki, he wrote it. Hi-o. I, that's true. Yeah. That's true. He did write the screenplay from for, for Up on Poppy <sighs> Hill. But his son, Goro Miyazaki, directed it. Yo, this voice cast, lit. We got the boy Who? Anton Yelkin up in this bitch. Uh, oh, I think I knew that. I think I saw that. Oh, my God. We got Damn. Ron Howard. Wow. Ooh, Aubrey Plaza. Wow. Emily Osment. Haley Joel's sister. Yikes. Uh, Yeah, so I think I know who won already. (laughs) Mm. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Next week, we will be getting into From Up on Poppy Hill and... Castle in the Sky. Castle in the Sky. Miyazaki versus Miyazaki, the head-to-head match. Civil War. We getting into it, baby. A Miyazaki Civil War can't Father wait versus next son. time on Wasteland Anime. Uh, yeah, so this has been fun. This has been a nice little exercise in debate in film reviews. Mm. Nathaniel, what's your letterbox? Do you want to plug your letterbox? <laughs> uh, I have one, but I don't use it. Shocking. I am shocked. I did for a bit, but it's it's too much to manage. I can't. Is it can't be bothered. You can do like one sentence reviews. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'm not logging any of these on there, so oh my god. Okay. Well, guys, uh next <laughs> week maybe we'll have Nathaniel uh drop his letterbox in the chat. Mm. He'll he'll give it to all the fans yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. they can see what he's watching and rating. But uh for now, just please listen, rate, review. Uh, share with everyone that you know on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts, we'll be there. Uh, Until next time, this has been Wasteland and Anime Pod, and we're out of here. Goodbye. Later.